Hey there, folks. I remembered as I hit the button that I haven't studioed yet, so that was fun. Uh, welcome to another edition of Talkin' Talkies. That's the name of the show. Where we talk talkies. Yes. Right? That's what we do. Uh, 18 episodes now. I think that's what we're doing. Okay. Uh, as always, I am Dan. And also, as always, that is Chris. Yes, thank you. Um... Yes, we talk the talkies here on Talkin' Talkies. We review movies, and we also review movies that you guys want us to watch. As always, your homework is to watch the movie the week before, so you can listen to this podcast and be like, hey, I just watched that. I relate to this. Last week, we went a little crazy because it was all about the Avengers, and then we saw Age of Ultron. Dan and I both saw it, and before we kick into this week's movie, I just gotta ask you, Dan, what did you think? I really enjoyed it, especially thinking about where it is in the MCU. It's right in the middle. It's not the first story. It's not the last story. So there's, you know, all the little heartwarming things that people, most people were probably looking for, are things that happened in the first or last story. This is in the middle. Right. You know? Yeah, it, it's, so. it's definitely building up to something way bigger. And it's going to so. be amazing. Um, I didn't like Age of Ultron. As much as I like the first Avengers, but I still really loved it. Pretty much. Yes, it was a <laughs> super fun ride, and I it, it's got me completely hyped up for the next one. The funniest part is my wife had not seen anything for Ant-Man yet, so she like they showed the trailer, and she's kind of like, so is this going to be Ant-Man? She's like, and then she goes, oh my god, is that Paul Rudd? She's like, we have to see this movie right now. And like, well, it's, it comes out in July. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, I, I guess because she hadn't seen any material for it, she had no idea that Paul Rudd is going to be part of the Marvel superhero universe. So, yep, that should be a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, Age of Ultron, I highly recommend you guys go see that in theaters. Now, as we move on through talk and talkies throughout the calendar year, uh, we have a couple of plans set up for us to review movies in preparation for what's in theaters. And as we've said before, we're not going to review anything that's in theaters to avoid those spoilers and still let you guys get out there and see it. We want this to be something that's available to you, either through a rental or through Netflix. So everybody kind of has that opportunity to see it and catch up before they watch this episode. Uh, we got a couple more movies that are going to go on like that. But this week we're going to talk about the 1976 American classic Taxi Driver, starring Robert De Niro and directed by Martin Scorsese. This was a listener recommendation from my buddy Chris Decker, of Grand Slam Wrestling, one of my wedding groomsmen, one of my best friends. Um, I forgive you for being a Red Sox and a Phillies fan, Chris, but for the most part, you are very cool. So thank you for this recommendation, and we're going to talk about Taxi Driver. By the way, this was available on Netflix, so there's absolutely no excuse for you guys listening to this episode to have not seen this movie. No excuses. The Netflix. All right. The, the Netflix, that's right. So... Taxi Driver stars a gentleman by the name of Travis Bickle. This is played by Robert De Niro. <clears throat> he was a U.S. Marine, possibly. Not. That, that's what he says. Not entirely sure if he's making that up, but he's. Yeah, because uh, as soon as we were introduced to him, he's like he has insomnia. He like doesn't sleep at all. Yeah, he's depressed. Uh, he's lonely. He's, yeah. He's got so all he kinds decides I might as well get paid to be. Driving around town, so I'll be a taxi driver. Yeah, and he, he works the like the six to six shift. He's like, yeah, start start at like eight, six eight o'clock at night, work until six in the morning. 
And then uh, on his downtime, he keeps a diary where he tells us his thoughts, and he goes to see a lot of movies. Uh, not just any kind of movie, though. He goes to see porn. And yeah. I, I learned something from this movie, that they sell popcorn and snacks at porno theaters. I don't know. I've never actually been to a porno theater before, so I had no idea. That I don't that I, think I've ever actually even seen a porno theater. I've yeah, seen porn I don't, shops and stuff. Yeah, I've seen I've seen you know adult toy stores and things like that. I've actually been in an adult toy store once or twice, or more times. But kinky. Yeah. Well, but I I can honestly say I've never found a triple X theater before, and what's really funny is that. I'm, I'm sure they exist in New York City, but <laughs> considering it's the 70s, this is actually a pretty damn nice theater for what it was. Oh, yeah, and, like, I, I was watching the movie, and I'm like, New York City is not like this anymore. No, not it's at like all. It's like Giuliani, like, really cleaned out at least the public side of New York City yeah. pretty well. Because everything that Travis sees in New York City are drug dealers, pimps and whores, you know, the, the seedy underside. Uh, shitty teenagers throwing beer bottles at his taxi as he drives by. So, I mean, you know, it's it's basically he's seeing the worst of New York City while he's operating this taxi cab. You know, and he, uh, he picks up some questionable passengers, like this one guy who had him park outside an apartment that doesn't even belong to him, but that's his wife up there. And yeah, that's, that's my wife. And uh, you know who lives there? Well, I mean, you don't know who lives there, but uh, you know who a, lives there. Yeah, but you know who lives there. It's a, it's a Negro. It was funny. It was like a, that was Scorsese, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> just being. Which is funny because he doesn't look anything like that anymore. I know. Not I even because he's like wearing like the full goatee going on in there and anything. Yeah, so it's just like even if he does, he's pretty well camouflaged with the hair and the and the. Facial hair. Right. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> so uh, Travis meets a girl named Betsy. This would be Sybil Shepherd's character. I two thirds of the movie I was trying to remember what her name was. Yes, Betsy. I was they like, that's that's she had a TV show in the nineties. She's the uh, she looked she was good looking when she was younger, and then all of a sudden she had a certain age yeah. and she started looking ugly. It's, 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 and then all of a sudden I was like, Sybil Shepherd, that's it. And it was like already at the point where she was not around anymore. <laughs> that was what I okay. Um, she's basically working on the campaign for Senator Palpatine. Oh, sorry. Palantine. Palantine. <laughs> Although I'm, every time I saw that sign, that's exactly what I thought of. I'm like, is that guy's name Palpatine? I love like the one drawing of him on the, on the building makes him look like he's black. And, but he's I was like, does that a black guy running for president in the seventies? Nope, not even close. And then we actually he, see him. He actually looks like th- that guy that would be running for president. He actually and then he like he ends up in Travis's uh, cab at the one point. Yeah, and he's he's like kissing his ass and everything. And uh, the other guy that works there is Tom, and Tom is played by Nemo, Nemo's father and Hank Scorpio, <laughs> because that's. How I know Albert Brooks. He's Nemo's dad, and he's Hank Scorpio, the greatest, the greatest you know one-off real Simpsons name, character. His real name is Albert Einstein. Yes, yeah, so that's why he changed it because he's just like, oh uh, yeah. And his his IRL's brother is Super Dave Osborne, <laughs> which is awesome. 
they you know they originally wanted um Kaitel to play that character, but Kaitel's like, no, I'll be the pimp. Yeah, originally the pimp didn't have any lines and he was black, but Kaitel's like, no, I want to be the pimp. All right, and, I, so. and give me five lines. <laughs> he actually got a quite a few more lines. So, He's uh, in one of the one of the only two scenes that doesn't have Travis Pickle in it. That's true. He is. There's only two scenes that doesn't have De Niro in it. Yep. And he's in one of them, and the other one's a Civil Shepherd and Albert Brooks scene. <laughs> yep, which is what we're talking about now. So, yeah, he meets this girl. He kind of falls for her. He takes her out to coffee, but then he takes her to a porno. And he's just like, well, you know, I'm taking you to a movie. She was like, uh, this type of movie? Well, I mean, we could go to another movie, I get. But then he's not. Because he's, he's, not a, he's a dum-dum. Yeah, she's not answering his calls. All his flowers are being sent back. So so he so like we're talking about how he's uh, lonely and he can't sleep and he's going through all this stuff. He reaches out for this girl and he gets rejected because he's a dum dum. So this drives him further into loneliness and and everything. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, and he uh, <laughs> also the uh, the the shot where he's trying to call her. And they kind of just pan away and look down the hallway was Scorsese's favorite shot in the movie because he said, this conversation got so pathetic, it's like even the camera gave up on listening to him. But uh, he confides in all of his fellow taxi drivers who all are just fantastic characters. (laughs) Peter Boyle is like the the aged taxi driver, the wizard he was referred to as. When we were watching this, my wife goes, I don't think he's ever had hair on top of his head. Not that I've ever seen. <laughs> they are convinced that Peter Boyle has always just been bald up top. Like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. He needs to invest in those bandanas, brother. Or, you know, just get video games and have the video game give you hair on top. Yeah. So basically what happens is he's like, all right, I got to find different outlets here. So... And he hates, he can't stand the street crime and prostitution in the city. So, first he decides to go through intense physical training where, you know, every vein has to pop and all this other stuff. And then he, um, he decides he's going to go buy himself a firearm from Easy Andy. And, and what's funny about this is that he's like, he, he goes through all these guns and tells them what they are and what they can do. He's like, all right, how much for all of them? And then he, like, conducts a sleeve gun on his arm, and he's got one, he's got another holster, and he's got, he's got a knife hidden in his boot. I mean, he pretty much just arms himself. Because why the hell not? But it comes in handy, because when he's at a convenience store, the guy tries to get robbed, so he just pulls out his gun and kills the guy. And then the, the, the shop keeps, like, I'll take care of this, you go. So now he's, uh broken out and actually killed somebody like before it was all in his head and he was getting all dressed up but he would just go to sleep (laughs) he would just go to bed after all that yeah but this time he actually fired the gun and killed the guy and then he's like immediately uh said hey thanks i'll take care of this you just leave so now he's just like oh there's like no consequence if i do anything yep but then he starts uh getting infatuated with a teenage prostitute named Iris because she gets in his cab one night trying to get away from her pimp, which is Kaitel. But he kind of just drags her out of the cab again. He, he gives him a crumpled $20 bill to tell him that he he didn't see anything. But it's funny because he kind of like holds on to it like a keepsake. 
Yeah, because there's this scene later where he has to pay, was it was it Isaac Hayes? Was that Isaac Hayes? Uh, I d- I don't actually know if that was Isaac Hayes. But like he like owes him money. And so they're at the um they're at the cafeteria place or whatever and he goes to reach in and he pulls up the crumpled bill and he's like, "Uh no, I'll put that back." And he pulls out his wad of ones to pay him back. <laughs> but now he um he wants to liberate this prostitute. This would be played by Jodie Foster, who was, who was way like, who was twelve, like twelve, and playing is, twelve. And so they said is, there were scenes they had to bring in her older sister to yeah. be her body because Jesus Christ, she's not she's not a role for a twelve-year-old. So he like he hires her through the pimp, and then he doesn't even want to do anything with her. He's trying to liberate her. Like, no, you don't want to do this. Come on. Get out of here. But she does uh, agree to go to breakfast with him the next day. He's like, all right, I'm going to help you get back to your parents' house. She's all like, nope. Yeah. You're weird. You're weird. No, you're weird. No, you're the square. Any, I'm not a square. You're a square. <laughs> You're a triangle. You're a triangle? Well, funny, because Chris Decker recommended this movie, but at one point during the uh, pre-wedding festivities when all the groomsmen were together and Joey Image was just being ridiculous, Decker screamed something at him like, you know what, Joe, you're a a triangle. And Joe's like, what does that even mean? He goes, because you're ridiculous. Oh, well, I explained that. Triangles are ridiculous. Yeah. Well, first I think he said he was a polygon or something like that. I don't remember. He's polyhedral. He's a polyhedral die. Yes. So he leaves her this letter that's like, listen, here's some money to get home. Uh, by the time you read this, I'm already going to be dead. So he shaves his head into a mohawk and basically gets ready to assassinate the senator. But the Secret Service agents, who he tried to get a job with earlier, and then, gave then him he a gives him a name false and name and address. An address that... Almost actually exists, but not yes, quite. Yes, almost, but not quite. Um, he shows up, he shoots He shoots sport, he shoots the bouncers, and pretty much almost gets killed himself, although yeah, that's he like He gets a, shot in the neck, and then he gets shot in the shoulder. And then he kills the John, he kill, yeah, he's killed, he kills the pimp, he kills the John, he kills the the guy in the hallway... And he just lays back in the on the chair while Iris just, is like cowering in the corner, and the cops show up. He puts the gun to it, the gun his to his finger gun. His finger gun. It makes the action of killing himself three times. And then the movie. I think the movie should have ended with him dead, but they're like, "No, he lived, and he's a hero." And well, that's that's apparently something that's up for debate. Is if this actually the ending was actually a thing that happened? Yeah. Like the whole the whole him picking up Betsy again, um, the letter from Iris being back with her parents from the parents, yeah, yeah, from the parents, yeah, and the articles, yeah. So it's it's one of those endings where it's kind of like, well, Scorsese meant it that he lived through everything, but the fans kind of have that ambiguous ending going on, so. He kind of just lets them do that because, you know, you know what? If you make a movie like that where the people are really reading into it that strongly, in my opinion, that means you've made something good. 
And uh, overall, I thought this was a pretty cool movie. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't as um, I, I wasn't as blown away by it as I think I expected it to be because it's always been heralded as like this American classic and everything. But I still really liked it. I liked the psychological drama. I think De Niro was fantastic. Um, he kind of got discovered before this role, and he only had like a thirty-five thousand dollar contract. And they were really yeah, and then he that. won the Academy Award for yeah Godfather for Godfather too. <laughs> And they're like, uh, and he's like, no, no, it's okay. Like, we'll make this movie at my original deal. It's not a big deal. I've always heard that De Niro's like. So you're a- saying he didn't Terrence Howard Iron Man this? <laughs> no, he did not. Doesn't matter. They got Don Cheadle. He's a better actor. Terrence Howard's really good. Cheadle's but Don Cheadle, I think, is is better, yeah. and probably works for less at this point. And Probably. he's an Academy Award winner, too. So, <laughs> Yeah. It's one of those things where it'd be like, listen, whatever you pay, just just pay me. Because like, if I got offered a role in The Force Awakens, and they were like, well, we can only afford we'll to you pay scale. you. give you scale. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we can afford to pay you maybe like 600000 Done. Oh, wow. That was an easy negotiation. Yeah, well, I'm going to be in Star Wars. <laughs> so just friggin' sign me up. Um, to prepare for his role as Travis Bickle, Robert De Niro actually worked 12-hour days for a month driving cabs as preparation for the role and studied up on mental illness. And because of the fact that he really didn't get recognized until they started shooting because of Godfather, I think he only said got recognized once or twice while he was driving the cabs in New York City. Yep. Um, the script was actually written in five days, and Paul Schrader kept a loaded gun on his desk for motivation and inspiration. So, <laughs> and this is like highly autobiographical. Yes, it, it really he is. Talks because he was he went through similar similar things. Um. So, yeah, yeah. He he. First, he thought he was writing about loneliness, but then it became the pathology of loneliness. So, uh, yeah, it was it was very autobiographical. He did the same thing. He went to pornos, had an obsession with guns, suffered from isolation. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. And it said uh, when he gave the script, both Scorsese and De Niro said it clicked as soon as they read it. Now, interestingly enough, the role of Travis was originally written with Jeff Bridges in mind. This, really, this is a funny thing. This movie, like, um, hardly anybody was their original pick for any of the parts. <laughs> besides yeah. like like even Sybil Shepherd who when they were casting like we're looking for a Sybil Shepherd type but they weren't looking at her and then someone's like uh do you want Sybil Shepherd I guess the funny thing like cuz like I, I looked through that list and almost every single person was like not originally planned to be it's weird yeah it was weird um, to prepare for his role, Harvey Keitel actually rehearsed with actual pimps. I can just imagine that conversation. Hey, I'm going to play a pimp in a movie. You mind if I just watch and see how this is done? <laughs> I don't know if I would, uh, I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Yeah. I don't know. It could be like with the GTA 5 where the writers, they actually got gang members, including a guy that just got out of jail that day came in to Rockstar to help them with the with the talking the of the five people, dialogue. Yeah, with the dialogue of the gang members and stuff. Oh man. All those those dialogue between Franklin and uh, uh I can't remember the other character's name. 
Lamar. Lamar, Lamar Davis. Lamar Davis, yeah. All those conversations are hilarious, but where he actually sings to him a little bit, where they're they're parting ways and he says the N-word, but he kind of sings it. Like, that's oh, still like, one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, he does it like that. It's so funny. But that's how people like that talk. Like I've got a I've got a friend of mine. He's uh, one of my old coworkers, but we still keep in touch. And he's kind of he's kind of a little a little ghetto, and the way he talks is just like that. But not all the time. He's actually kind of smart. When he wants to sound intelligent, he sounds super intelligent. But then, like, he'll get excited or angry, and he goes total ghetto. <laughs> uh, interesting people. But anyway, um, Travis Bickle was also originally offered to Dustin Hoffman, but he turned the role down because he's like, man, Scorsese, you're crazy. And then after the movie got made, he's like, I regret that decision. <laughs> see a lot of stuff like that about uh, everybody regretting these decisions after they make them. Also, um, in the newspaper where Iris's parents are supposedly pictured, those were Martin Scorsese's real parents that they used for the photograph. And uh, he had a lot of issues with that shootout scene with the MPAA, which is funny because looking back on it, it really wasn't that violent. There have been way it's more not. violent scenes in movies from that time period or older. So it is weird because like whenever you hear about it, it's like, oh man, buddy shootout and stuff. And then you like watch the movie and four people died in that in the entire movie. Yeah, that's it. The, the whole body count was four. <laughs> Like, okay. <laughs> I always thought that was pretty funny. Uh, there's, I mean, there are, there's way less violent movies with higher body counts. Jeez, most Disney movies have close to that body count. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Do you ever see Mulan? One scene has an entire, has like a body count of over a thousand. Because all of the Huns die. Jeez. But, you know, it is what it is. It was the time and everything. But uh, that was Taxi Driver. And I enjoyed it. And I hadn't actually seen it up until this point. Me it was one of those. It was like one of those American classic films that kind of escape you and you don't ever really see them. And it's like, everybody's talking about this film. I, I really do need to eventually just sit down and watch it. But that's kind of what this podcast is about. Like, there are a lot of films like that that Dan and I just have not seen. And we're going to fix that through this podcast. So you'll actually get to hear our opinions of it for the first time. Yep. All right. So we want to talk a little bit about what's going on next week. Uh, next week, we're going to review Mad Max. We might review the sequels. We're going to hold off on that because I've actually never seen them. And the new Mad Neither Max is on its way out, Fury Road. Fury so Road's it's, on it's, next Friday. Right, so it's Mad Max, The Road Warrior, and then what's the... the Beyond Thunderdome, bro. That's what the yes. freaking War Games is based on, man. Yes. All you know, right, the so thing, it doesn't three. exist anymore because somebody <laughs> else came up with it, not Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. Yes, Even though the guy was worked for him for the last 10 years. <laughs> yep. All right. So we will definitely review Mad Max. We might touch the sequels. We might not. We'll see. And that'll be in preparation for Fury Road. And as we said, we're going to be doing this a few more times. So expect a review of Jurassic Park, a review of Terminator, a review of Mission Impossible, a little bit of James Bond going on later this year. And, of course, right around time for Dan's birthday in December, 
Get ready for a two-part saga consisting of six movies, because we're going to hit all them Star Wars movies. I mean, not like the Clone Wars cartoon thing, but, you know. No, the, the, the prequels and the originals. And I'm also, Dan and I also discussed watching the Phantom Edit, because neither of us have ever seen it as part of a bonus. So this will be fun. Uh, this will be a fun year. Um, again, this was Chris Decker's recommendations. Thank you, Chris. We have another recommendation coming up in two weeks. And again, please get those submissions in. If there's a movie you want us to review, let us know. But until next week... I am Chris. That is Dan. We'll see you later. Bye.